0: Okay. Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Hey, if you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter twenty-two.
1: I pray that you've been having a good time in in Acts. It's been uh, something that's really just had an impact on my life. Being able to look at uh, the Apostle Paul and uh, the various uh, ministers with him that God has put with, him as we see the history of the church kind of get established, its foundation, the challenges that it faced, and a lot of things that are not too unfamiliar than what we would see in today's world. And so today, before we get into it, uh, you see our title here is Free to Speak, Choose, and Live. And you know, as as Americans, a lot of us definitely have a way that we feel about even just seeing something that looks remotely close to free speech, or the right to choose, or the right to live. And there is freedom to do those things. But what I want to uh, propose to you today is there is a way that the Lord has said to do all of those things. And it is our dear Paul who... uh, And a little bit of a misstep, has his own liberties with what he says, what he decided, and uh, really how life is playing out for him right at this moment. And so, again, for those that are new to us, we're not trying to villainize the Apostle Paul, we love him. Uh, He is a faithful man of God and definitely somebody for us to follow their pattern. But this moment in history, is a moment that is kind of a a detour from what it is that God has set before him. And so with that kind of examination, we need to really examine this detour so that we don't maybe make the same mistake. And perhaps we're in a time right now where we are inclined to do some of these things that we're going to be looking at today. And so uh, let me pray and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for, uh, Today And Lord, just for us being here, um, Lord, we are really just desiring to hear from you. And so Lord, set me aside. I have nothing to offer these great people. Um, And so Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just have free reign and free course to just do what it needs to do in the hearts and minds of of those that are listening. Lord, we pray that uh, people will be provoked uh, for salvation if need be that people will be provoked just to rededicate their life. And so, Father, uh, I ask that you would do that completely throughout this place and all the preaching that will happen. And, uh, yeah, Lord, just help us to have a good time in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so our text this morning is going to be Acts twenty-two, twenty-two through 30. This is the bottom half of this chapter. Uh, what we have seen now is the Apostle Paul in a sense, make a defense as if he was um, a lawyer for himself, representing himself. The unfortunate side of that is he is representing himself to the Jews in Jerusalem that really want nothing to hear what he he says. They've already kind of voiced their opinion in uh, Acts uh, 21. And so now this is turned into He's getting an opportunity from the jailer or chief captain that is, has him in bonds to be able to speak. And so imagine these steps right here and that you guys were below, that I would take these steps and I would ask the permission of that chief captain to say, can I address the crowd? So he gives them the opportunity to do that. And so he lays out really all of this beauty of what God had been doing in his own life. I mean, it's really God's testimony of how he captured him, got him, stopped him from going about his own way. Oddly enough, which is kind of ironic in light of where we are in Jerusalem. And, uh, and just how beautifully all of that worked out. And about the time he gets to, this is uh, I'm the apostle to the Gentiles uh, portion of his conversation, it's over. Uh, the minute they hear that, they're done listening. And that's where we're gonna pick it up here in 22. And so it says, and they gave him audience into this word and then lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth for it is not fit that he should live. Obviously you see the very strong opinions that they have of what it is that the apostle Paul had to share. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and through dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the Captain came and said to him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was free born. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman. And because he had bound him on the morrow, because that he would have known the certainty wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands. Remember, he had chains on and failed to mention that in the course of what he was saying, but we know that just from earlier in Acts 21, and so he had those on the entire time up until this point. He loosed from him his bands and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. And so the summary is like this. Paul is interrupted by the angry mob. The Jews' intent is to see him killed. The chief captain not understanding the situation because he spoke in Hebrew, of which this chief captain cannot speak Hebrew. He doesn't know the situation, decides to to beat him in order to get the answer out of him. Why is it that you're causing all this grief? Paul again, knowing both the law of God and Roman law, is using his citizenship as a way out of his bonds. And instead of being killed, he is given more time. And so essentially, that's just what what we see here in this passage. But there's something I want you to get down and just take note of. Obeying God gives us the freedom to
0: serve him. Obeying God gives us the freedom to serve him. And now, a lot
1: of you might think that obedience sometimes is going to be action first, but that starts in the heart and the mind first. And then it's from that that my actions are affected by what it is that I'm going to obey here. And so maybe it is that there needs to be a transference from just seeing ourselves as American Christians to just, am I a Christian?
0: And is my God the God of everything, the Lord God. And what freedom has he provided me? Perhaps I need to consider that.
1: My purpose this morning is this, is to provoke our hearts toward evangelism. I think what we get a chance to see here is these missteps give us a kind of a window into things that we can maybe just avoid in our own walk so that we don't miss the opportunities provided for us And so it is this, your uh, first thing that I kind of want you to just write down sectionally just so that you have them in sections is free course. Free course. See, something that we need to understand about this is that it is the Lord's desire that his word would go out. Now, for those of you that have not been with us, what we have found out in Romans is that essentially what his plan itinerary should have looked like was Corinth, Rome, Spain. What he did was Corinth, Jerusalem. For two reasons, one, his heart passion for his people, one, presses on him greatly. We know this just by the various things you've read in the epistles throughout your time as a believer. But he also, has an agenda to make sure financially that the Gentile churches are supporting Jerusalem. And it's because the Lord is tightening the reins on the church of Jerusalem. They are struggling with being able to be, support themselves. There's been a famine in the land, particularly hit them hard. And so what Paul wants to make sure to do is that those Gentile churches are supporting them and taking care of them. So now what he could have done was given that money to anybody else to take. There were worthy, faithful men and women that could have given that. But Paul, wanting to kill two birds and one stone, decided against the Holy Spirit's protection and warning, decides to go to Jerusalem. And so that's why it's been particularly difficult for him. And the thing that we kinda wanna understand about this is just how this has disrupted a man that is not afraid of the gospel, Eloquent in the way he delivers it, able to match kings or, or peasants below, it didn't matter. He could tell the gospel to anybody, and the Lord allowed that to be a very fruitful ministry. It established churches up to this point. So why then are we not seeing the establishment of these churches? Well, we've talked about that. You know, we talked about the decision-making that comes from just having um, emotion drive it. You know, Remember, we we talked about that, but then we also need to just point to the fact that ahead in Acts 23, that God says, man, you gave a testimony of, of me to Jerusalem, and now I'm giving you access to get to Rome. So he doesn't get to Rome the way he wanted to. In Romans, you'll study that out, but he does eventually get there. And so again, we're watching a brother make some mistakes. That is possible. I know we tend to look at the men and women of the Bible as perfect, but some of them have made epic mistakes. And the Lord is not doing that to shame them, but simply to give us wisdom on how to avoid those same line of thinking. So here we are. Okay. Free course. It is the Lord's desire that his word go out. And in 2 Thessalonians 3.1, it says this. Don't miss a single word of this. Finally, brethren... The first thing it says, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have have not faith. The important element of that verse is the very first thing he says is brethren, pray for us.
0: It was the brethren, remember, that told him, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. And he, in stubbornness,
1: as we probably can imagine Paul to be, in stubbornness says, I'm going. And I know what may befall me there. I'm not sure the details, which the Lord filled that in for him, how this is going to go. Agabus tells him greatly, this is how it's going to be. So actually, you do know. And he thinks he's going to die there. He's willing to die. And so now, here it is. Was there any prayer about my time and my words that I'm going to say to Israel? Or is it just that I'm so impassioned that I need to get there? I got to talk to these people. I got to be the one. Remember, we talked about that. The Lord has given you a circle of influence. It may be that now your frustration with not sharing the gospel has come from the place that you've done it to this person, and it's
0: got to be you. And so now they haven't done it, and you're frustrated and mad. Now you don't do it. But see, what's the Lord's heart on the matter? See, the thing is this. There needs to be a
1: submission to that. And there's something very cool. And I'm not saying it's linked. But when I saw these numbers together, I was like, boy, that's interesting. So in Acts
0: 2, 22, we should go back there. Let's look at this. In Acts 2, 22, so now here's another example of somebody speaking to Israel. This is Acts 2. This is at the very beginning of what we know, the, the starting foundation of the church.
1: And I love what it says here. It says in 222, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as he yourselves. Also know, and if we just skip down, we can't read all of it just for the sake of time, but if we go down to verse 40, it says this, and with many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation? Verse 41, what happened? Something very different than what we just read in Acts 22. It says in 41, then they gladly received his word, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. See, this is what it looks like when you're in the will of God, doing it as he said to do it. So now let's look again.
0: Now that that's in your mind, let's look at that 22. Now I'll read it again. So he said
1: at the beginning, we'll just start at the top there, and then we'll skip down to it. Men, brethren, and fathers, hear you my defense, which I'm making to you now. Man, the starting of that is a little different. And something interesting, too, is that when Peter does it, it's talking about Jesus first. When Paul does it, he's trying to
0: make a case that, hey, I'm one of you. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Verse 3, I am verily a man, which
1: am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Sicilia yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. And then let's just skip down to the response. Verse 22, and they gave him audience into this word. Then lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not he should live. See, on the first side, we see a
0: word and receive. And then on the backside, we see a word given and denied. So listen, here's our warning. Our first act has to be prayer.
1: I, listen, the gospel is one of these things, right? That we know that we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to be good stewards of it. But if you think that you're just going to blankedly go out there and whether it's confrontational evangelism where you're just
0: meeting somebody on the street, and just going to share the gospel without prayer. Mistaken. What do we think
1: the God above wants us to do, Like, just not engage Him constantly. It must be by an act of prayer that we have to do these things. Because perhaps then in that moment of prayer, that the Lord gives warning and says, Hey, maybe not right now. This person, that person, whatever the case may be. We have to at least be willing and open to that fact.
0: See, there's
1: something I just took of note here is we have to be diligent to communicate our burden for the people in our life to the Lord. You don't think that the Lord knew that he has a, a heart for Israel? Man, Paul, yeah, Paul, I get it. I do too. But I want you to go to Rome and then to Spain, not here in Jerusalem.
0: And so guys, there's sometimes that perhaps now, our intentions are good, but they're not designed by the Lord.
1: And that's a very slippery slope for us. We, Man, it's our intentions can get us in a lot of trouble. Because it's like you're going to try to do the right thing, but you haven't asked
0: the righteous one if it's the right time. I, I couldn't repeat it because I just came up with that
1: right now. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> right good praise the lord (laughs) but right like that's just man i don't know how many times i've gotten in trouble with that you know where it's just led me to have some kind of weird dialogue with a friend brother or just somebody i care about
0: and i really i it it just seemed off-putting when i approached them Man, for my Bible study
1: leaders, something I want you to take note of is, you know, obviously council times will show up and, and, and Bible study may be outside of that. And man, you know, there may be something that happens in Bible study and you need to address it. It needs to be addressed.
0: But boy, you better ask the Lord how to do that. When's the right time? Not everything is a right now type thing.
1: Sometimes you need to let cooler heads prevail. Most of my parents in here understand that about your children. What a terrible thing to discipline them in anger. But to wait, Lord, give me the words. Because you want the message to come across so that we don't enter into this space again, right?
0: It should be encouragement. Dear Paul,
1: did you communicate that burden properly? You didn't get the Lord's okay, we know that already by just how things are turning out.
0: The next thing we have to do is we have to be patient for the Lord to open the door for us. That could be a day. That could be a, a moment.
1: It could be years. One of our ministers here had mentioned in the, on our WhatsApp for the leaders that there was an uncle that he had been praying for for
0: 26 years, 26 and on that 26th year, he accepted Jesus Christ. So how in are you? Man, there is absolutely a time for urgency in the walk of the
1: believer. Man, when, you, you know, when you're just in the, in the pit of sin and you need to do an about face, do 180, absolutely. Flee, get out of that thing, run, go to where righteousness is, get to your word, seek counsel, get to church, whatever it is but the intricacies of maturity in the faith of just how to handle God's word and handle his people, oh
0: yeah, that's timing. <laughs> and that's gotta come from him. He is the great schedule. So let him do it. Colossians 4.3 says this, with all praying
1: also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. You see there, There's a door there, and you can't open it.
0: Rightness does not open doors. Righteousness opens doors. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a
1: door of utterance. Why? To speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. But let's look at what happens when we don't. And they gave him audience into this word, and they lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not, f- he should live. It's very interesting to me that the scripture reference right here is John nineteen fifteen. That's not in your notes there, but just listen. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. See? This is just to let us know, man, he's getting a window into what the sufferings of Jesus Christ are like, but he's getting it in a way that the Lord not, had not intended for him at this point.
0: It's nice to kind of on some level, you know, we could look at that and we could feel good about ourselves. Like, man, I'm
1: suffering for the sake of Christ. But listen, you drum that suffering up yourself. So is it as good? Is it as profitable? Because when the Lord did it, man, he was justified all the way to the cross. Now you're standing here in bonds, having gotten
0: beaten. The threat of your life is on the line. Who's, who's getting saved, Paul? I'm just saying. Verse 23, and as they cried out and cast out their clothes and threw dust into the air,
1: listen, just notice, take note, their anger is now outwardly making a fool of them even. Ecclesiastes 10.3, yea, so he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he
0: saith to everyone, he is a fool. (laughs) Their foolishness is on full display. This man has
1: testified about what God has done in his own life. That testimony has led them to say, we're going I got to throw my clothes off, throw dust in the air, kill this guy. Wow. Calm down. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you know, we need to take a TV timeout right here because, uh, we, the, you know, we are hot. But that's what happens. And this is just a window into understanding why it is that the Lord is like, not <laughs> Paul, not you, and not now.
0: Let it lie. Go to the Gentiles. The next one is free will. Free will. See, it was Paul's will to come to Jerusalem, not God's. And there's sometimes that choice that we have,
1: we all love. We all love to exercise it. We all love to talk about it. It is the hot topic. In politics today, right? What does God have to say about that choice? It's important to remember this. John 3, 27, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Paul, it's your choice to go there. And it was, man, he would love nothing more. And I honestly believe, not for Paul's glory, but if, let's say that Israel had responded in a way that we saw in Acts 2, Man, it would be glory to God in his heart. He loves his kinsmen so much that he just, he knows what he has. You guys got to understand that's his viewpoint. It's just because he knows how good it is for him. He just, man, I want y'all to have it, right? But here's the deal. Uh, Paul, you don't get anything except the Lord give it to you. And that's not what the Lord gave to you. So you're not getting it. So no matter if you had the choice or not, which is why I need to be in prayer
0: about what it is that I'm doing. And how I make choices. See, some of us sometimes are not okay with the Lord saying no.
1: So then we manipulate the situation and we get it anyway.
0: And then it becomes a train wreck. And then you're begging God to take it away from you. How many has bought a car like that? Walked into that dealership, two motorcycles, walked out with two. We didn't even know how to ride them. <laughs> Maybe I should have done
1: this. <laughs> and I remember I went back and I tried to give it back. He said, uh, sir, um, nobody brings Harleys back. I was like, well, <laughs> we still left with them. It's a poor decision. Then now we got to take class and all that, which it was fun. And I love the art of motorcycling. It's a great thing, but it was a foolish decision. And I was on the hook for all that money for two bikes that were so were pretty. Couldn't really ride them. <laughs> Not for at least the first one. And then after that, we got on them. But man, it's just one of those things where the Lord, you know, <laughs> he just, son, what are you doing? <laughs> I think a lot of times we can get into relationships in the same way. As if the Lord doesn't know that you desire companionship. So then you keep finding foolish people to be around.
0: That's not God. Don't put that on God. Mm -mm. That's all you. (laughs) That was your choice.
1: Just look at how they're made up, (laughs) you know? And so... This is an interesting place for us to just kind of look at.
0: In light of Paul's heart to see Israel saved, we should pay attention to the mess that he's in, really. It's more so about
1: that. This is why, again, we've looked at whole years pop, fly by in chapters, and now we're looking at days, moments. It is scaled it down just so we can pay attention. The Lord is like on purpose doing that. And so it says in verse 24, the chief captain be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. See, there's something you got to understand. Now, this is from Blue Letter. You could just go there and find the same thing, but I'll read it to you. I thought it was interesting. See, the chief did not understand Hebrew and was ignorant of the charge against Paul and also of the defense which the apostle had made, but as they grew more and more outrageous, he supposed that Paul must have given them the highest provocation. And therefore, according to the barbarous and irrational practice, which uh, uh, existed in all these countries, excuse me, he determined to put him to torture in order to make him confess his
0: crime. This is what this choice has put Paul. That's what it looks like when you don't have the Lord's okay. It's a mess. You're in a mess. He's surrounded by enemies. Man, haven't you done
1: that? I've done it. I guys, this is not me trying to throw shade on not a single one of you. It's just saying like we should be tired of that. When the Lord tells us how he wants us to do things
0: and then we just say, "No, Lord, thank you for that. I'm going to try it my way." And it's a mess. Paul's words, while good, are not as profitable because he spoke in Hebrew,
1: don't miss this, leaving out the chief captain, who is a Gentile, who the Lord said
0: should be ministered to. Think about that. This dude, a dude that is an opportunist,
1: uses every opportunity that he can to finagle and get the gospel out, is not so concerned about doing that right now. Because his heart burns for his own kinsman. And that, man, that's not to say anything like there's some kind of racial thing. It's really just about, he's just emotional right
0: now. And we can understand that because we've all been there. Where your emotions, man, they're just like glasses. You can't really see through though, you know?
1: See, get this down. Decisions that are not guided by the Lord often miss the mark.
0: Decisions that are not guided by the Lord often miss the mark. I can't imagine, because we don't know.
1: (laughs) This is one of those moments that's like a setback in time and a setback for time. And so we don't know just how profitable it would have been for Paul to be in Rome
0: without this in the back of his mind and just having gone there we don't know if he had sent somebody else what kind
1: of awesome testimony they would have had about meeting you know james peter seeing the other disciples man it yeah it just it could have been a beautiful testimony a great encouraging thing to see how the church was doing. But no, I got to see it with my own eyes. I got to go. Okay. Verse 25. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? For those of you that don't know here, this is also in your resource. You could use Blue Letter to help you uh, piece this together. It says, by Roman law, no magistrate was allowed to punish a roman citizen capitally or by inflicting stripes or even binding him and the single expression i am a roman citizen arrested their severest decrees and obtained if not an escape at least a delay of his punishment so he knows that so now he's grabbing for straws to get out of this situation it's nothing really miraculous happening. We're not opening, you know, no earthquakes, no flying open uh, jail doors. This is all just the grind of, man, I made a poor decision. I'm grinding through it.
0: Verse 26, when the centurion
1: heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said to him, tell me, art thou Roman? He said, "Yea."
0: And so now we get to our last category is freedom. I want you to get this down. Paul's focus on being out of bonds allowed the captor to remain captive. Paul's focus on being out of his bonds allowed the captor To remain captive. You say, well, Dale, there's so much going on, and and man, they've kind of had a little chance to to chit-chat, and none of what's chit-chatted has been the gospel. This
1: guy has just been left confused, and remember, at one point, he said, aren't you just that Egyptian that Raised up a band of murderers that we had to deal with a couple, you know, some time ago. I mean, he's clueless on who Paul is. And not that knowing who Paul is would have helped the situation, but at least the one thing that Paul generally would have done is just flip
0: the conversation to the gospel.
1: Man, it's about Israel for him right now. And that's causing us some grief. Verse 28, and the chief captain answered, with a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, but I was born free. Now, another tidbit here, just so you kind of understand this dialogue between them. It's extremely probable that the inhabitants of Tarsus, born in that city, had the same rights and privileges as Roman citizens in consequence of a grant or charter from Julius Caesar earlier, from what is called uh, Juliopolis. But if it were not the case, perhaps maybe St. Paul's father or some of his ancestors might've been rewarded with the freedom of the city of Rome for maybe their fidelity or bravery in military service or something of that nature. And so this likelihood of this is, it gives you a hint that a little bit, this is a little less likely, uh, but it is enough that when heard it, they didn't really argue the point. They just said, this guy's a Roman citizen. He at least knows the, the right words to uh, free up torture and all of that stuff and so let's engage it but again don't miss it regardless Paul missed the opportunity to flip the conversation and I want to focus right here for a moment because the thing the other thing if we are to be shepherds and evangelists in this class that's the goal of this class for those of you that are new it is my heart to see that Uh, implement it we have ways that we're going about doing that our bible studies are the central way that we'll kind of do that so that way essentially we always as the groups and we get in our groups when we invite the lost into those spaces that now you're getting a chance to get the word of God open and then it kind of gives us and also an opportunity to share the gospel in a slow way but now they're reading it for themselves so it's not this argue and debate thing. We're just having a position that says, this is God's word. We're going to look at his word. We're going to trust him at his word. And then we're going to obey it. And man, that does wonders for the lost to be able to see God's word, a word and then how it works in the life of the believer, especially as we come back and we start mentioning in prayer time and praise time, like, read about this. I put my trust in God's word here, it re- produced this result. You don't think that's important for them to see that if we ask them, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ, even though this is a reached nation, probably most people couldn't tell you absolutely what that is. We might hear something like
0: baptism, right? Going to church. So you got to be willing And you got to be
1: skilled to flip the conversation. Paul is absolutely good at this.
0: But he's not on his game right now. Remember, he's got emotion glasses on.
1: I want to be free of these bonds. Hey, don't kill me. Don't torture me. Don't scourge me. I don't know. Perhaps even in his mind, a little bit of just the testimony he shared talked about him follow in obedience, like immediately, and I, you know, the Lord is funny that way. No guys do this, say like you know you're reading through your. And sometimes you just reads a pat. It's just where you are, and it just slaps you in the face, and you can't even get past that verse. <laughs> you just like, and it's immediate, Lord. You, you woke up with the wrong heart attitude, but that verse just puts you in the right place. And man, perhaps it was when he's talking about what God had done. He's like, uh, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't be here. <laughs> but Paul, he's stubborn. We see that in him. Praise the Lord. It, it, it was necessary in some cases. The stubbornness is he's just biting down on it, you know. So he's lost that focus. But here's the flip to that conversation. If the chief captain says, With a great sum obtained I this freedom, then what Paul could have said is, With a greater sum did Jesus Christ purchase freedom from sin by his death on the cross
0: and has secured eternal life, his resurrection. So now that requires listening.
1: And Christian, in today's age, I don't know what it is about our culture, we are terrible listeners. And generally, we are just waiting for somebody to stop talking so you can start talking. And sometimes you don't wait. (laughs) This often happens between spouses. There is a good practice that we like to have for in our premarital is that we can get an object, uh, an apple or something like that. And when that other person is talking and has the apple, you don't talk. Okay. And so, be quiet. The apple's not in the middle of the table. <laughs> it is in the possession
0: of that individual. Be silent. Watch so that you can listen. See, guys, we're going to have to be people that actually listen to the loss. They're telling us what's wrong and why they don't
1: care about the gospel, know about the gospel. You know, how many times have you found out that just... They're clueless on the, the mechanics of it, right? They, and it's like, oh, man, let me just tell you that. And that doesn't always mean it works out to, well, what must I do to be saved, <laughs> right? But at least you were listening, and you changed the conversation, and it became something more profitable versus, well, I'm a Roman citizen. Paul, uh, who cares? Remember, I thought she was ready to die for the cause of Christ.
0: And we got a little closer to death, and it was like, oh, well actually, I'm a Roman citizen, you know. He didn't say it like that, maybe a little higher.
1: <laughs> See, there has to be this point in the conversation. If we are actually not preparing a script, or, and we get so bogged down with just being worried about, what am I gonna say, and did I say the right thing? And a lot of times there's this punishment that comes on us where we're just like, I didn't say it right. As if you have the power, this, remember, this is Paul's problem. I gotta go and tell my kinsman about this as if he is the access of power. He's not, the Lord told him to go somewhere else. He's, he didn't listen. And so it's with that, that when you make the flip, man, that you just
0: change the conversation in a way that now the Lord has hooks. Verse 21, 29. And you see how this ends. Ho hum, we're still in trouble.
1: Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. The chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman. And because he had bound him on the morrow, because he would have known the certainty, wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands. Okay, so at least now I can shake my arms and, and my feet out and commanded the chief priests and all their counsel to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. Now it's like, (sighs) again. And so listen, this is my conclusion this morning for you. It is God's desire to see his word go out. So let's pray that it does. This is why we have Andrew lists. This is why it is that really in Bible study and and even here, and now let me see. Let me get my timing since I talked about it. (laughs) My heart position for us as a class, we have ailments. There's death that we need to pray, you know, comfort. We need to pray and all those things. But my heart is really that evangelistically that we would be lifting up names of the lost in this group. Okay, so that means we got to pray about it. So now this ain't the kind of thing where I want you to feel bad, like, man, I don't have a name of a person I want. Okay, well, just look around. Ask the Lord, who is it that I'm around, Lord,
0: that needs the gospel? And then that you would ask him, and would you use me? See, he wants his word to go out, so let's just pray that it does. That's all I'm saying. The next thing is, it's God's will that we serve in the Ministry of Reconciliation. We better do it as he has aligned us out, and as he said to do it.
1: So how does that work out? Okay, what's your standing here at MBT? Are you a part of one of our Bible studies? Are you helping out in one of the various service ministries we have at every point that you can be involved in this church Man, there's an opportunity for the gospel. I know, having been on the security team, my brother Ken is on that team. Man, there's all kinds of situations that allows you to pray for people privately, that you encourage people. Man, Tuesday night is a perfect time for that. Because, you know, you see where we're close to Westport. Some people come up lit. And you're like, no, you're not going to church. You smell like a brewery. Hang out. (laughs) Let me get you some coffee. And man, there's some beautiful conversations that can happen on security. Same in cafe. Now, I don't know how you do it, but can the gospel come out with a quarter donut? Are we doing quarter or half now?
0: <laughs> yes, both. <laughs> okay, so,
1: so at every point that you could get involved and you could start owning the ministry for yourself is also an opportunity that the gospel can go out. Stop trying to Rambo Christian and then getting frustrated because it's not working out. Because the Lord is like you have a local church that you could be established in. Why don't you do that?
0: And then the last thing: it's God's heart that all men be free. It is absolutely God's heart that all men be free.
1: You think that Paul is or that the Lord is enjoying the state that Paul is in? Absolutely not. How are the two ways that a person can be free? Well, I can be free to salvation, obviously, which is the most important. And if I don't have that one, then the next one doesn't even matter. And the next one will be free to serve. In Romans 6 18, it says, Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. And so to me, on the floor this morning is two choices. Either we need to make the choice of freedom for salvation from that only comes from salvation, excuse me. Or we need to make the choice that, Lord, I'm in, and I want a slice of the pie. I want to be here. I want to be about it. Man, you can make Faith Fellowship your home. You see, we got room and space. And even if we were full, Chris Miller would find us a place. If if it was on the roof of this building, we'd find a place to
0: meet. Right? So this ain't about making you feel bad. It's just about saying, get in, jump in, and hold this rope. Hold this rope, and let's do it the Lord's way. Let's pray.
1: Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that um, we would just move in obedience and that we would have uh, just the understanding that we are free to serve you. Lord, thank you so much for everything that you've done on the cross. And Lord, thank you for just listing for us this example of Paul. Well, we know our dear Paul is going to eventually get where he needs to go and and, Lord, it kind of feels that same way in our own lives, Lord. We know that you ultimately will win. But, Lord, we want to redeem the time because the days are short. And, Lord, once we get in glory, uh, all the work that you've called us to do here, in a sense, will will end. And so, Lord, help us to just redeem the time that we would make our requests of you, that we would wait for you to give your okay, that you will be the one opening doors, that you would guide our decisions, that, Lord, that whatever is given to us, that we would understand is coming from you. And so, Father, help us to not try to make our own way, try to be right. Lord, I pray that we would have a heart's desire uh, for your righteousness. Lord, it is by your faithfulness that we are justified anyways. We can't even do
0: anything greater. It's already done. And so Lord, allow us to rest and work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.